You're listening to This Is Personal, Rewinding a Life with Dan Simon. I'm not the only one who um, at 52 or 55 or 60 or 65, whatever it is, who, um, who want to and who choose to create something radically new. And actually 2018 was a really pivotal year for me. Um, it was a year that, uh, that I felt deeply uncomfortable and restless uh, I cried a lot <laughs> and what I needed to do was surrender and I'm not really good at that I'm a I'm a, a I'm a type a fix it find, let's find solutions let's move forward hope and optimism listen yeah. it, it's true the things we most resist are what we most need the the voice kept saying you know stay in your lane don't reach too far it, 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 it's what, what planted seeds of almost, not almost, of, of an imposter syndrome, you know? I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough. Welcome to This Is Personal, Rewinding a Life, a podcast about people's personal journeys of discovery and recreation. I'm Dan Simon. We dig deep to understand the essence of each guest. How did they get to this point in their life? We all have stories to tell about our own lives that help the rest of us realize who we are and what we could become. As a life coach, I've always been intrigued by the stories people tell. What were the trials, tragedies, and triumphs they encountered while navigating through life? There are no mistakes in life, only experiences and lots of contrast. If we can have compassion for others, can't we have the same for ourselves? That's always been my personal mission to remind people the truth of who they are, to remind them that they've done their very best. In each episode, that's what you'll find, a beautiful soul doing their best to create a life that's fulfilling and rewarding. Have you ever faced a life challenge where you said, holy hell, what am I supposed to do now? We all know change is very hard for people. In today's podcast, we'll find out how our guest faced a major life transition. She used radical openness, which allowed her to embrace relocation, new relationships, and new experiences that deeply aligned with her own soul's purpose. She's a successful life coach focusing on women's leadership and transition issues. Please welcome to the show, Laura W. Campbell. Laura, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here. Tell me to start off with a little bit about where you are in your life. Well, uh, you've caught me at a really interesting moment in my life because I'm about a little over a month away from moving out of state. Um, and I've lived here my entire life, my entire 52 years with the exception of college. So um, it's a big, bold move and the beginning of a new and next chapter in many, many ways. So let me ask you first what prompted the... Uh... Uh, the decision to make a move after 52 years? It's, um, that's a good question. And it's, it's actually been an, an, it was an evolving decision and choice, um, which, which came, started four years ago when my youngest left for college and a long-term relationship for me, a 10-year relationship ended. Um, and I sold my house all in this, all in 30 days. Um, wow. Okay. So it was a significant moment in time and I settled into a, I call it my 
tiny magical beach cottage um, and decided to give myself a little bit of time to regroup, to, to have the earth get steady again under my feet. Um, but it was then that I, I knew the first spark of knowing uh, that it was time for a bigger change, but it, that, that was a very subconscious thing. It didn't start to, it showed up in a lot of ways. Some of those ways um, were what got me seeking uh, something that would help me, which is how I ended up at MEA. Um, but it was really, it's been a four year journey to kind of declaring, yes, I wanna move. I wanna move to a completely new environment. And, and then there was a bit of a journey to where, where was I going to choose to locate to? And that, that had its own little arc of, of, you know, of experience. So how did you go about the process of figuring that out, figuring out where you're going to go? So, um, after taking about two years to get, you know, stabilize my life after all of that transition, um, I, I, I really did know it was time for a significant change, only I couldn't figure out where that would be. Um, I, I decided to, I live in Connecticut, and I decided to look outside of some of the nearby cities. What I had decided was my, my parents are still alive, and they live in Connecticut, and I decided that I wanted to be within, you know, three to four hours of them. So I looked in the suburbs of New York. I looked in the suburbs of um, Boston. I, I looked in, in, in all of these and tried out different towns. I went and I spent weekends and, and, and kind of tried to get a feel for what communities would be like. Nothing felt right. And actually 2018 was a really pivotal year for me. Um, it was a year that, uh, that I felt deeply uncomfortable and restless. Uh, I cried a lot. <laughs> um, at the time, I felt like I have no idea why I'm crying so much, but I'm crying. And I went through this, you know, stage of what do I need? What 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 is going to help me figure figure this out? Um, do I need therapy? Do I need a coach? Do I need a retreat? Do I need a well, like, what do I need? Um, and how am I going to figure, figure some of these things out? And um, it truly wasn't, I was invited to a author event in New York that turned out to be Chip. And when I heard him talking and after I read Wisdom at Work and he spoke about, you know, the Modern Elder Academy, I said, I think I need to go. I think I belong there. And the the actual decision to go was excruciatingly difficult. I, I just I was in such a state of unknowing and uncertainty that it was really hard for me to make decisions about anything, frankly. Um, but I ended up making the commitment, and it was while I was at the Modern Elder Academy, and I I, I shared with you earlier before we before the podcast that I went for two weeks. And when all the noise got cleared away, I realized that um, because my parents had shared with me that they would eventually be making their way down to Florida permanently, that I got super clear that I actually wanted uh, to be present for them in their next stage of their life and next and most likely final stage of their life. And so I made the decision to move to Florida. That's where I'm going. So great. So the pool was obviously the family ties are strong, and 
yeah. are things that, that should be uh, neglected, but you didn't have a sense when you're initially looking why you're uncomfortable with all these other places. You didn't really have a sense why everything was uncomfortable at the time. No, and there were a lot of things, right? That was not, the, the move was one piece and it became abundantly clear that I wasn't being held back because of caring for my, my parents. It was um, being present and in proximity to them was a huge priority for me. And part of it is the story I told myself for like 30 years, which was I'll never move to Florida and I hate Florida. <laughs> so I was fighting this internal kind of, how do I surrender to that and be open? Um, but it became easy once I allowed and embraced the fact that proximity to my parents was going to be ultimately really important. And then once I opened myself to what if I looked at this as an adventure and not a punishment that I could be open to Florida. And so I did. And, um, and because I'd also known that, um, things were shifting and I, I'm ready to look forward into a new chapter. I want to find new love and partnership again. Um, I want to leave stories behind. I want to create this new life that's going to take me into my future well after my parents are gone that I decided I'm going to do this now. I don't need to wait till my parents make their decision to, to, to sell their house and move. I'm going to make my decision to go right now and begin building the life I want and they will follow and they'll get there and we will be aligned, you know, within the next two years, most likely. Wow. That is, that is uh, awesome. That takes a lot of courage to make those, to make the choices in terms of not just moving, but in terms of, uh, in terms of embarking on a whole new life in terms of what you want to create. So good job with that. And the thing that kind of strikes me is that's, that so often we're influenced by, you know, you said this thing about, uh, I, I, I said I'll never move to Florida. And I probably said similar things like that in my life as well. But I think of all these things where somebody makes one comment or you have one idea from many, many, many years ago. And lots of times you don't remember why you had the idea. Why do I hate Florida? Why do I don't not want to go there? Why do I not like this person? Why do I not want to do this job? You don't even really even have an idea because you can't even remember. And sometimes if you just say, well, I'll give it a try. I'll show up and, and not be governed by the stuff that you don't even know where the heck it's coming from. Uh, it can create whole new uh, opportunities that you didn't know were there. Yeah. I mean, there was a, there, there's been a lot, a lot, you know, and I'm still in it, right? I haven't made the move. So this, so I, I went to Modern Elder in January and uncovered a great many things. There were a great many reasons why I had been crying so much in 2018. I, as I explained to, to, to many people is um, I felt like in ways my soul was screaming at me and I hadn't been listening for a long time. And 2018 it was just my soul screaming the whole time you're not listening you're not listening to me um and and, and, and so what was it that your soul was screaming at you about what was oh, it telling so, you? Like, there were a lot a lot and, and I, I couldn't hear it frankly until I got to modern elder and um it was two weeks of a digital detox right so I was not on my phone and not on my computer um I was I don't I don't drink anyway, but uh, we were, we were, you know, alcohol free. There was, it was, there was so much noise cleared away that I could finally hear some of the things. So, um, some of the things that, that, that were my big ahas were 
um, my soul was crying because I had lost a connection to a few very significant things that are meaningful to me. And it happened really slowly. And I think that this is something I'm not alone in this is that sometimes we become disconnected from parts of ourselves and it happens so slowly over time that we actually don't really realize it. And I think that that's what happened for me. And so things like um, being disconnected from nature in the way that is nourishing for me. Uh, you know, because I had a relation, part of my last long-term relationship, there was, we did a lot in nature together. And when that relationship ended and it's been four years, I kind of stopped nourishing that part of me. Um, I, I couldn't figure out how to do it on my own. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was a really big moment of learning for me. Um, the other thing that was super apparent for me was, and this, this goes back a little bit farther in my life, but um, I, I was divorced 15 years ago. And um, part of, you know, there's a lot of fallout when you divorce. And um, one of the things, one of the things that kind of fell away was my connection to, um, call it religion, spirituality, faith. Uh, I'm Jewish. I was very enmeshed in the Jewish community. When I got divorced, those connections fell away in, in, in many ways. And um, literally in 2018, I think my soul was saying, you, have, you, you are not grounded in any kind of spiritual or faith or religious grounding. And, um, and I think I'd known it a little bit for many years, but it really became apparent when I was, uh, down in Baja that, um, I needed to rebuild that part of me. I needed to find my way back to some, something that would ground me. And so the past eight months has been around what, what might that look like and a, an exploration of it. And that the, the, uh, the, the connection of nature and spiritual practice can actually go hand in hand, can't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, I also had, uh, you know, the experience in, uh, and I was in uh, Baja for a week, but the experience of uh, being more in tune with nature mm -hmm. and not being, uh, we didn't have a total digital detox. It would have been a good idea, but, but uh, there was, uh, that didn't rule rule everything and uh, we're much more in terms of community with each other with the group that was there and enjoying activities together that, that was much different experience than uh, than we normally have in our everyday uh, workaday world of uh, of uh, the things we do in in life and, uh, yeah I, I couldn't agree with you more that that it's so easy to get disconnected especially when you're following the uh, the uh, things you think you're supposed to do in terms of uh, acquiring more things and more money and, and uh, it's it's so easy to get into habits and learn habits that become comfortable but don't really serve you going forward in terms of uh, in terms of uh, your development your spirit and your growth and uh, it usually takes some kind of a uh, outside impetus and some 
differences that are pretty significant to have that happen. So, uh, and so it's it's awesome to hear your story about what happened to you. And and it's the other thing that I want to say, and I'll let you continue and comment is that all this stuff is not about uh, logical figuring things out. You can't really figure these things out with your mind. And the more you try and figure out, you know, what's the best place to go or the best place to do, or where should I be? It's a lot of these things that happen are, are energetic and emotional experiences that if you pay attention to them, that kind of tells you what to do, but it can be, uh, it can be challenging to, uh, to actually listen, you know, as you said, with the, your soul screaming at you and they yeah. finally you decide to, to listen. So good job. Yeah. Well, you know, at it, some point it, you know, the pain of staying where you are becomes greater than the uncertainty of what is what's in front of you. And, and for me, you know, I just, I got tired of crying. I was like, there's something, you know, there's something. And, you know, and, and, and you're right. You have to, you have to listen. There was a knowing when I listened to Chip talk, there was just this, I belong, I need, to, I'm supposed to be there. And it was excruciating. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very transparent. That was not like a great, I'm going to go to, to Mexico to Baja for two weeks. Yeehaw. I mean, it was, I, I making that decision was, I think I made, I made them crazy as well. I wanted to know, how do I know I'm going to get what I need? you know, how do I know you're going to know I'm a coach, you know, how do I know you're going to know what to do with me? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I, I made them crazy. I'm like, I want the answers. Tell me how you're going to fix me. Tell me if I, you know, I, I really, it was, I was so deeply uncomfortable and, um, and what I needed to do was surrender. And I'm not really good at that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a type A fix it. Find, let's find solutions. Let's move forward. Hope and optimism. And I hold all of those things and they're, they're wonderful strengths for me, but sometimes there, there is a surrender and, and, and the minute I got quiet and it was hard to be digitally detoxed for two, two weeks. Um, it was, there was a lot of quiet, a lot of quiet. And in that quiet was, were, were some of the most painful, like really, really like heart, heartbreaking. I, I called it this balance of heartbreak and hope. You know, there was heartbreaking awareness for myself of how, how had I gotten so disconnected to pieces of who I am, but then this incredible hope of, you know, oh my God, I can, I can actually do something about this. There's, I can make changes. I can, I can choose to do things in new ways. I can create new habits and rituals. And so there was this real um, duality of heartbreak and hope. And, um, and it, it just, it needed quiet. It, I needed quiet to, to, to do it. And we don't often, any of us, give ourselves that quiet um, to really kind of let things surface. No, there's always a new YouTube video to watch or something else on TV or something else to do. There's always in today's world that ability to, to choose something else, to get some new information, to pick up a new book and to uh, not do the in introspection. Yeah. Um, now, I love what you're saying, Laura. It's just, uh, it's, it's just so incredible in terms of 
the experience you went through and, your, and what you're sharing. And, and the other thing that I just find interesting is that, you know, I find that the more you resist something and, and every time I went someplace where I didn't really want to go and I just, somebody talked me into it or I said, all right, I'll go. And, uh, uh, you know, one time I ended up in Brazil visiting John of God and Abijanya, Brazil. And for no reason that made any sense at all. And it turned out to be one of the most transformational things in my life. But, you know, usually the reason you go someplace or the reason you think you're going never turns out to be the real reason. So you can justify or figure out why I'm going. But Listen, yeah. it, it's true. The things we most resist are what we most need. That's the truth. I've never found that to be untrue. Um, so, you know, learning to live around moving towards and leaning into the things we resist um, is, is, can be really fulfilling, really, really challenging sometimes, but very fulfilling. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, interesting as, a, as you and I are both coaches and the idea of, uh, and I follow the practices of, uh, I don't know if you've read the book, The Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, mm -hmm. but it talks about specifically letting go of your egoic mind and all the, the idea that you're, all the things running around in your head are what you have to follow. You're getting the instructions, I should do this, I shouldn't do this, this is going to be bad, I can't justify this, all those things. What he says is that you can actually choose to to not follow those instructions, to not listen to those. Instead, just kind of pay attention to what shows up. You know, somebody, you show up at a seminar and you get an opportunity to, sh to go to a, uh, a workshop in Mexico. And so there's a reason that opportunity came before you. Right. And, and the fact that you are uncomfortable, you don't want to do it, what he says in the book, and he gives all these examples of, how he actually did the thing that he didn't want to do. Every every fiber in his being was, I don't want to do this. And he he, he dealt with it anyway. He just followed through. And then all these amazing things happen. And, uh, so that's been my experience in life as well, that uh, you just deal with what's in front of you. And instead of so often we learn to do, run away, ignore that and go, go in a different direction. And uh, it's, and that's for me, that's, that's really always been the value of coaching of people that have coached me and that I've, that I've coached others is the helping uh, hold their hand to go through these things that are uncomfortable because, you know, the, and I want your opinion on this, but the idea of, uh, of a coach telling you the answers of what to do and you just follow the template is not really what it is for me at all that uh, it's because I can, and I'm sure you can as well. You can see by talking to a person for a couple of hours, you can see what's going on in their life. You can see what's got them stuck, what's challenging them. But uh, rewriting that story in in terms of living it in your own life and making the changes in your life where maybe there's a lot of energy and momentum of people not wanting you to change and are comfortable with you just the way you uh, had been your whole life is a really difficult thing to do to move into this uncomfort and not be what people expect of you, but instead be what, what you want to be in a different way. That's more fulfilling. And, uh, yeah. very, very few of us can do that just all by ourselves. Yeah. We need somebody to hold our hand and help us move through that. And it takes time. But what's yeah. your experience? 
Well, you know, so I, I work for a consulting firm, but I have a private practice. And in my private practice, I work um, exclusively with women. And so what I found that kind of aligns to what you're saying is that one of the hardest things for people and particularly for women is to give ourselves permission to want more. Mm -hmm. uh, right. and more it can be anything, right? More joy, more sex, more, um, more certainty, more uncertainty, um, more challenge, whatever it is that we want more of, it's really, really hard to say I want more, right? We've had this gratitude um, movement that I think over, you know, if, if gratitude is overextended, it actually holds us back. It, 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 it can lead us to say, I should be so grateful. I shouldn't want more. I should be grateful for what I have, right? I should hold so much gratitude. And I believe that, that we can do both. I believe that we can right. hold gratitude and want more, more of everything, everything that, we, we are, that our soul wants us to have more of. But what gets hard, and as, coach, as, an, as a coach, you know this, is when we decide we want more, when we decide we want to lean into something new and different, um, there are ripple effects on those around us um, and it gets crunchy, what I call crunchy, right? It's, it's how, do, how, do we, how do we do, how do we walk into what we want? How do we ask for, and, ask for and create more of what we want with grace and intention, right? We can do that. And um, what happens is when, when we don't, um, I think a lot of conflict happens in in life because of things unsaid. True, you know, truth speaking is really hard. So things unsaid can lead to conflict. But but how do we say our truth and ask for what we want and or what we want more of and then move into it, but in a way that has a systems lens, right? Our children, our partners, our spouses, our um our colleagues, our families, like how do we, how do we manage all of that? And I think that that's, that's where it gets crunchy and that's where I think our job as coaches is to help with what might that look like and how can we hold grace and intention, but also honor what we want and what we want, what we need in our lives. Yeah. And the other thing I, I would add, Laura, is that in terms of what I've observed is that you know, both both you know, biologically women biologically and culturally have had to put have been taught to put yourself last yeah obviously when you have a child uh, that's preeminent in terms of taking care of a child but in so many ways and, and so many of the women i've worked with that you know again were married for 20 or 30 years and then uh, kicked out kicked out the other end um, for whatever reason but they have had an experience of their entire adult lives putting their children and spouse first and not really take care of themselves and not being comfortable doing that and getting the getting the external validation from that role of, of taking care of everybody else. So when all of a sudden you say, well, it's time for me, uh, there's, there's, there can be some real discomfort when you, to make that announcement that, uh, you know. And, but, but here's the skinny, right? Here's the rub. The real, the real deal, yeah. so to speak, is when th that it actually works just the opposite. So I used to say to my children, 
I'm not sure you guys understand that this is all about me. And, you know, and when I speak in front of women and mothers, they're, they're horrified by that notion that I always felt that it was all about me. You know, this, this whole thing of being selfish, right? Is that selfish? And I used to say to my, my kids, I have two, two sons, be, when it is all about me, when I am at my best, when I am at my most joyful, my most happy, my most fulfilled, I will be the best, like I will nail my job as your mother. And it's, it goes for partnership as well, right? When I am at my best and I'm my most happy, I will show up as the best partner, wife, you know, mother, daughter, sister, friend, um, we women are taught that you know i'm going to uh, if i'm if, if i'm self sacrificing and i i wear my selflessness as a badge of honor i actually don't show up as the best possible version of those roles and it's just counterintuitive well no i agree because being because if you if you don't put yourself first you can't help but become resentful and become a victim. It's, it's, uh, you're also not interesting. You're not, you know, you're not, no. you're not you, you don't maintain this. You know, I want to show up as an interesting, fun, and vibrant person. And the only way for me to do that is to think about myself and what makes me feel that way. Because then I'm fun as a mom. Then I'm, then I'm an engaging, interesting, vibrant partner, right? That's, that's when I do it best. Um, when I, when I don't, when I tell my, when I tell myself the story of, oh, I can't do this cause I need to stay home and you know, I can't get away to go work out. Everybody expects me to be home. Nobody wins. You don't win. The kids don't win. The spouse doesn't win. Nothing, not, no one wins in that scenario. Yeah, absolutely. So let's, let's go backwards in the time we have remaining, uh, Laura, um, uh, Tell me a little bit about your upbringing and kind of the things that informed uh, the the woman you are today. What what uh, traumas? What uh, great things happened to you when you grew up that uh, created the the young adult anyway? So um, I had, in some ways, um, an idyllic kind of childhood. Like I um I I have actually extraordinary parents who have an extraordinary relationship and love and marriage. Um, and in many ways, you know, it was, um, it was, you know, perfect, you know, one would say, and yet, of course, there are many, many imperfections. Um, the thing, so I was, I was raised in a home that was open and honest, um, and honorable. And so that, that, that's the fabric of who I am and um, grounded, really grounded in, in, in strong values, um, good, solid values. And yet um, I had my own other, other experiences. I was a, a serious ballet dancer for many years. And one of the things that also I uncovered a little bit about in it, it, it Modern Elder was um, I, I had been, when I was 14, I had been accepted into the Boston Ballet School's summer program, which was a pretty prestigious program. And, um, and I was a, a very good dancer in a, in, a, in a very small town, right? I was a beautiful dancer. And I got to Boston in the Boston School of Ballet and was like, wow, okay. This is a, I've left the pond and I'm in the ocean yeah. and, uh, and there's some extraordinary dancers here. And so I was in, in some ways I was leveled 
Um, right. I, I, I kind of, it was there that, uh, as I have come to learn and understand, it was there that I got a very, my inner, my protective inner critic voice got very loud and proud that summer. And I didn't also see that happening. Um, that loud and proud and yet very protective voice said, you've way way stepped outside of where you belong. You should not have come here. You are not good enough. You are not the dancer you thought you were. Go back and course correct, right? And so I found myself and all subconsciously coming home from that summer program and not having any kind of trauma, any kind of external trauma, but, but cutting my hair short and saying, I, I'm going to focus on going to business school, which I ended up doing, going to college for business, and, um, and, and actually kind of letting dance slip away. And that inner voice stayed with me uh, for a lot of my professional career and um, stayed with me for a long time. It's, it's, it's subtle, quiet, but, but yet very quiet and loud at the same time. The, the voice kept saying, you know, stay in your lane. Don't reach too far. It, 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 it's what, what planted seeds of almost, not almost, of, of an imposter syndrome, you know. I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough to be in the, in the ocean. I've got to stay in the pond. And um, it took years to really dig around that and, and, you know, so, so getting degrees, I have a lot of degrees and certifications and still never feeling like, um, like I'm credentialed enough. Right. And so really interesting. It took me a long time to say to that little voice, like, thank you so much for the protection, but I kind of don't need you anymore. <laughs> like, like, I've got this. I want to, I think I might want to swim in the ocean a little bit. And if I fail, if I get smacked around, it's okay. Like, it's all right. Did you ever figure out where that came from, where you got that message to start with? Uh, I think it was that summer of dance. It just was, it was, it gave you the possibility of failing? Well, what it said to me is, um, you don't belong here with all of these really extraordinary, talented dancers. You're just, you're good, but not that good. And I think my whole life, in, in, especially in, in my professional career, for a long time I felt I'm really good, but I'm not good enough. And those, that messaging um, really prevents stepping into things greater than ourselves. And it took me a long time. I, I, I stayed pretty safe. Um, even when others were saying things to me like, you're super talented. I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good, but I'm just, I'm not. You know, I'm not really that good. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, what, what strikes me so much is that, you know, everybody has a different uh, upbringing. And the fact, just because you you had wonderful parents and a great upbringing, doesn't mean you don't have your own challenges. You don't have your own demon. Uh, and, I've, you know, I've, probably 99 out of 100 people I talk with you know, have got some very severe trauma, unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, of, uh, of dysfunction, that kind of stuff. But even when you can't say, you know, didn't have any 
dysfunction and I was raised well and I was happy. It still doesn't mean you don't have ideas about yourself and insecurities mm. and, and things that, that you all have to, by looking inside, decide what's what's true and, and, and what's not true and how you, how you move forward. We all are going to have those uh, challenges in some way or another, irrespective of, because it's easy to say, I have no excuse for feeling this way or that way. And yeah. you don't need an excuse. It's just the way yeah. you feel. It's just what comes up for whatever reason. Maybe it came up from a past lifetime, you know? No, which, come is up. Why, which is why I feel like it's so important to have, whether it be a coach or a mentor or an advocate or a um, someone who, or someones who um, we, we seek out in our life that can reflect back on us what we sometimes can't see in ourselves and challenge those, those beliefs or limiting beliefs of, of who we are. And who can become our, you know, our, our, our angels, right? Our, our angels and advocates who really have our best interests at heart and who can provide us with um, meaningful and motivating feedback, right? Not, not things that hurt, but things that, um, that will help to inform us and, and push us to stretch into even greater um, ways of being. Yeah, we're speaking out of the, uh, singing out of the same uh, playbook. Because mm -hmm. I couldn't agree more that the uh, that that personal connection and for me it starts with a uh, a connection with the person understanding where they're coming from and, and having the person's uh, best interest at heart because when somebody somebody knows that you actually care about them they're actually willing to share and to be honest mm -hmm. and uh, most people most people won't and you know sometimes the uh, oftentimes <laughs> the things that that you have to go through are very painful for the person. And the, uh, yeah. uh, it's, uh, you know, there's a lot of fear and it's far easier to say, oh, I'll just go the other direction or I'll, I'll stay with what I'm comfortable with. But it's a, it's a magical experience. And I, you know, I find that you know, there's many people that say they want coaching or are interested that aren't really ready for it. Right. You know, right. Or maybe not ready for my brand of coaching or somebody else's are not comfortable with me and that's all that's all fine uh, it's a kind of a magical thing when somebody is willing to be actually honest with themselves and to share and to stick themselves out there in a way that's very uncomfortable and and, and take that and accept that support from somebody else because a lot of a lot of times there's a guilt you know you know with the same thing with that guilt of uh, I, I shouldn't want more I shouldn't be asking for more part of mm -hmm. that is, is often you know I, I shouldn't have to accept help from other people I should be able to do mm -hmm. it on my own that's right and, that's absolutely right yeah um, so in the time we have left uh, with our conversation, Laura, what are you going to create? What are you working on manifesting and creating in this next very important transition in your life? How do you, how do you see that all playing out? Yeah. So, you know, so as I approach like 30 days till my move, um, the things I'm thinking of most are um, gently and lovingly letting, letting things go that need to be left behind, whether those are stories, um, whether those are actual, I've done a lot of actual physical purging of stuff, um, and then focusing my attention on uh, radical openness. So looking at this next chapter with, um, with an openness to, to new, new people, new experiences, new opportunities, 
um, all that are going to uh, hopefully spark joy. You know, joy is kind of what I'm what I'm looking for in my next chapter. The things that bring me joy and being discerning about them. Um, you know, Modern Elder Academy gave me a great foundation from which to build, and I've created a lot of new rituals in my life that do give me joy, but also allow me to stay in communication with and deeply connected to my soul so that I can listen, I, so that I won't lose that ability to hear it again. And, um, and so taking it a day at a time and trusting, for me, trust and faith are, are muscles and competencies that, that weren't super developed. So I, I'm really working on building those, building that trust and faith, and that things will unfold as they're supposed to, that um, the, the people and experiences that I want to come in my life are going to come into my life and I will be open to them. So, I mean, those are, those are where I'm, I'm investing my, my time and my energy on, um, you know, on, on, on building those muscles. And faith is a choice, right? That's, and nothing really happens without that faith that things are going to work out and you're going to be in the right place. Yeah. Uh, good job doing all of that. It's, the story is, I think, fantastic. And I, I would really love to have you come back on in maybe six months or so, Laura, and, and tell us uh, how things are progressing. Uh, because I think that you know, the journey you've been on, the challenges you've faced, and the big transition is, would be beneficial to many other people to, to hear about it. And as you continue with it, it's not, not easy, but it's uh, for those of us that want that kind of joy and, and uh, enchantment and excitement in, in life, there's not much choice but to go forward and, to, uh, and look for these experiences. And that's, that's why we're here. Not just to hold on to safety and permanence, but to, to create some new things that are very exciting. And uh... no, I love that. I love that. I've actually I started writing about, um, but not a couple of months ago. Uh, ninety days. I've been writing every day, ninety days to my move, and it's been a. Um, I've been posting on Facebook on my personal page just to share what this experience is really like because. I'm not the only one who um, at 52 or 55 or 60 or 65, whatever it is, who, um, who want to and who choose to create something radically new. And, um, and we do have a choice. We can do it. It's not without its challenges, for sure. Um, and it's certainly not without fear and discomfort, but, um, but it's possible. And I like to play in the what's possible space. Right. Everything is possible. Well, fantastic. Where is, if people want to contact you directly, Laura, where is the best place to find out more about you? Uh, so people can find out more about me at laurawcampbell.com. Um, and, you know, and they can reach out to me anytime. I mean, it's always my pleasure uh, to talk to anyone about my journey or what's possible. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for an inspiring story. I will post the, uh, your information in the show notes as well. And uh, I will look forward to speaking with you uh, a little bit further down the road to see how Absolutely. things are progressing. It's very exciting. So thank, thank, you. You, thank you for being on the podcast, Laura. My pleasure. Okay. Thanks for listening to This Is Personal, Rewinding a Life with Laura W. Campbell on today's show. 
If you like today's show, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with your friends. All of that would be greatly appreciated. You can find me at dansimon.co on Instagram, dansimontv, or Twitter, at dansimontv. Thanks for listening to the show today. New show will be out on Monday. Have a great week.